0: So I went up to the table and the coach like already, I think knew who I was cause he kind of gave me like a smirk and I'm like, I want to sign up. And he was like, uh, you can't. And I was like, why? And he said, uh, cause you're a girl.
1: We don't want what Julie did
0: to turn this into a freak show, a freak show, a freak show.
1: Some people I'm sure had funny feelings about it. I know the men did. I didn't really care.
0: It's not, you know, about skin color and you know all these other socioeconomic differences. You want your team to win.
2: I'm Celine Yeager. I'm Sarah Gross. This is Nine. Voices for Title Nine, powered by Inside Tracker.
1: A podcast that tells the stories behind the law that changed everything. This is Nine. Nine. Nine Nine. Nine Nine. 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 Hey, Celine. Hey, Sarah. Oh, I'm so, this might be one of my favorite. I, it's hard to choose a favorite with this series because there's been some real, real gems, but this one definitely affected me. Um, and you did the interview. So for anyone who's just coming into this episode, the first time you're listening, Celine is a health and fit, has been a health and fitness writer for 30 years. She's my co-host right now on this podcast. She's a former pro cyclist and is the host of Hit Play Not Pause our, and our feisty menopause community. Um, and she did an amazing interview that we are going to hear today.
2: I am so stoked. I found her. I know I said this before, but I was, you know, when we were putting this together, I really wanted to find a non-traditional sport person. Like I really wanted, cause I remembered when I was in high school, there were girls who wanted to wrestle. I, I, I come from Pennsylvania, which is a big wrestling state. Like it's one of those religions in Western PA. And, you know, I remember it being really controversial and causing stirs and like teams saying no we're not going to wrestle against somebody who has a girl like it was a big thing and it just it made an impression on me. So when we were putting this together, I'm like, there has to be somebody I can find. And I did a little digging and I found Amanda lovey. And then the more I dug, the more I was like, she's perfect for this. She's perfect for this story. Because as people will learn, Title IX did not benefit her and in fact would have worked against her. So Amanda Levy is now, despite all odds a pro MMA fighter. She's out of Philly. she's got that great Philly accent I love. Um, she's a jiu Jitsu black belt and she's considered one of the top grapplers of her generation. She is 25. Most recently uh, and I watched the match and I'm not actually I don't sit down and watch MMA often ever, but I was like I have to see this. So I watched the match this past September, she totally shocked the world by upsetting nine time, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu World Champion Gabby Garcia, and if you looked at them from the start, like toe to toe, stat to stat, you'd be like, no way, no way. Like Amanda was seated last, Gabby was seated first, and the fight was like so amazing. Like Amanda just put on a full-on clinic on how you beat a larger opponent, which is the goal of Jiu-Jitsu, which I actually didn't know because I, I don't know that much about like the origins of these. Yeah, martial I learned arts. that too. And now she's ranked number six in the world in her weight class for jiu-jitsu. So I, I fell in love with this chick. I hope she just yeah. goes really far.
1: <laughs> I, I did too. <laughs> you know, like when she, she was so kind of humble throughout the whole interview. I listened to it last night, and then at the end when she started talking about that fight in particular against Gabby Garcia, <laughs> and she was like, "I put a clinic on her."
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, you ne- <laughs> She's like, not trying to blow my own horn, but
1: I put a clinic on. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, first of all, I was like, I need to start using that phrase. That's amazing. <laughs> and then, and then I thought, and then I went, like, I paused the interview and I went and watched the fight. So we should probably put that in our show notes, just a link to the YouTube. And it's I also, so good. I also watched the press conference as well, which was totally worth watching. Cause then it like set up the dynamic between the two of them when she, and she looks so tiny compared to Gabby, you know, like she looks like David. The size difference is, yes, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's. I, I just looked at it. and I'm like, how is this fair? How is this okay? Yeah. And yeah, I, mean, I could go on and on about this, but I feel like folks should listen, listen to the interview, <laughs> you know, but I, yeah, I was really taken by, by uh, Amanda. And, you know, you know, she
2: was 16. So she was, you know, the reason that I thought that she would be so perfect for this, not, was not because she just did this great feet you know in mma but that she had this vision when she was 16 like that like before that she started i can't remember like her dad got her in there really young and she always wanted to be a professional mma fighter and she knew that wrestling was really really important which you see in that fight like the commentators even say like her wrestling skills are what really put her over the top in many ways (laughs) pun intended you know for that sport And like, so she wanted to be a wrestler in high school. She was a Catholic schoolgirl in Philly and no, 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 no. They started this, you know, she went to Archbishop Ryan high and they started the wrestling team. And she's like, cool. And like out of the gate, they're like, no, you're a girl. Like you're not wrestling. We're not letting girls. And there were the archdiocese would even like make some teams not like forfeit championship matches. If there was a girl on the other team, like it was that unreal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just that. I really like that, that clause about contact and intimacy, you know? Yeah. There was
2: one and she didn't even know it existed. Right. Like I found that in, in there were people, so she started, she started the change.org petition, which change.org actually got super behind, you know, because they liked her cause. But then I saw like this lawyer writing about it and there was a clause I did not know existed four fifteen B that says separation by sex. Like you can in any sport with, close contact or, you know, like punching, like boxing, wrestling, rugby, ice hockey, football, basketball, and other sports that involve bodily
1: contact. Right. And I have, you know, it's funny, just by complete coincidence, I was talking to a good friend of mine, maybe three days ago, who's very serious about jujitsu right and he's like he was telling me he's like you know we fight against because apparently it's a very gender equal sport and that comes out with amanda too and he's like you know we end up in all these crazy positions he's like some of them in another context would be like a sexual position and he said the same thing that amanda said like you just don't you're not you just are not thinking about that like you're fighting your opponent you know and you don't it doesn't matter like
2: she was so angry and disgusted by that Mm -hmm. like and she she makes it very clear she's like you are taking opportunities from me because of your twisted mind. You know, she's like, there's nothing sexual about this. I want to beat them. Yeah.
1: I want to, I'm, I'm trying to win, you know? Like <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So hearing her say that also in plain language was, um, was incredible. And for people who are outside the sport who don't understand it, who are looking in and judging it based on the fact that it's a contact sport and what, and and denying her access as a result of that just feels I don't know. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. bad. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, I, I was heartened, you know, to leave that on a positive note that, you know, she talks about how bright the future is for women wrestlers mm. that is having some sort of renaissance. So yeah. hopefully the Catholic schools catch up in Philly, but I'm not holding my breath on that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's um, Afterward, from our sponsors. Let's hear from Amanda.
2: Heisty Media's Title IX series is proudly partnered with Velorosa. Bella Rosa is a women-owned and operated cycling apparel company that creates mix-and-match cycling wear to make women feel comfortable, confident, and beautiful. Created by two avid women cyclists, they know the importance of high-performance biking shorts and jerseys that fit a woman's body. It doesn't work to shrink and pink men's gear and expect it to work for women. Bella Rosa believes cycling wear should be fun, comfortable, and visible. You want to be bright and to be bold and be seen. Velarosa's collections are designed to mix and match with coordinating kit pieces that allow women to get more mileage out of their cycling wardrobes. New for 2022, a completely redesigned cycling tank, reflective safety tabs on all of their tops, and more long sleeve options for those chilly morning rides. You'll find tons of great reviews on their site from women who love Velarosa gear. Their five-star rated shorts prove that when women try them, they love the fit particularly the yoga waistband, power leg bands, and the super soft, all black, what stains, chamois. Whether you like to ride pavement, gravel, dirt, or your local trail system, cycling is about the community. Join the sisterhood of cyclists that is Velarosa today. Enter FEISTY15, that's all caps, F-E-I-S-T-Y, number 15 at checkout and receive 15% off of order of full-priced cycling wear at VellaRosaCycling.com today.
1: Whether you run, ride, hike, or swim, you understand what it means to push harder, reach farther, and go the extra mile. This relentless drive runs in your blood. That's why Inside Tracker provides you with a personalized plan to build endurance, boost energy, and optimize your health for the long haul. Created by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics, Inside Tracker analyzes your blood. DNA and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you're not. You'll get a daily action plan with personalized guidance on the right exercise, nutrition, and supplementation for your body. And when you connect Inside Tracker to your Fitbit or Garmin, you'll also unlock real time recovery pro tips after you complete your workout. It's like having your own personal trainer and nutritionist in your pocket. For a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com forward slash feisty. I have an awesome opportunity for all you badass female runners out there this winter check an item off your bucket list and race the miami marathon produced by lifetime on january 29th 2023 enjoy spectacular sights and sounds on a flat boston qualifying course through some of the most famous spots in miami choose between the marathon or half marathon distance and for all the active mums out there, your little ones can enjoy a race of their own in the Lifetime Miami Kids Mile. Registration is now open and will be capped at 18,000 participants, so don't wait. Head over to themiamimarathon.com today to register.
2: Hey Amanda, I'm so psyched to talk to you, uh, especially after watching your last match, which we'll talk about at the end. But, um, you know, as a woman in a super male-dominated sport, I've, I just felt like you were really important to include as part of this series. So I would love if you would just tell our audience a bit about how you found your way into martial arts to begin with.
0: Okay, so um, right now I'm 25. Um, I started uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, when I was 11. And, um, my dad kind of just threw me right into the fire, like competing within like f- the first, like four months, like most people probably don't compete until like, they're like a year in. And then my dad was just like, Nope, you're competing, right? That was like super competitive. Um, like always pushed us, like would always put us in like pressure positions for like sports. Like if I played softball, I was the pitcher, you know, or <laughs> I was a catcher, you know, like stuff like that. So, um, I, I, it helped me cause I was always a very competitive kid to begin with. Um, so the, Having a sport like jiu jitsu, which is like a single person sport, like yeah, you have your team where you train with, and um, but when it comes down to it, you're the only one going out there. You can only rely on yourself. You're not relying on anyone else besides you. Um, so yeah. So and I've just been competing ever since.
2: <laughs> so your dad felt you needed that at a young age. Is that what I'm yeah, hearing?
0: So he always would watch um the UFC. If people know what that is, like MMA, mixed martial arts, cage fighting. And him and my uncle, he has a twin brother who's like, my second dad growing up. And they, like, <clears throat> loved it so much that they were, like, so excited to get me and my brother into, like, the sport, like, somehow involved. And um, my brother ended up quitting for, like, a little bit and then signing back up when he was a teenager. But, like, I just stayed with it since I was a kid.
2: So what did that look like? Like, I, I don't know much about that world. So when he got you involved did you was it a club sport like did you start traveling and within the state or is there regions like what, what yeah. does that actually look like
0: yeah so um there's it's not really like for kids like states regions per se so um what you do is like you kind of just like find competitions and you go compete um and then like there's like higher tournaments that you could do but like they weren't really like around when I was a kid because like it was still kind of new for kids to be competing like not new but like. It was still, like, a very young sport at the time. Like, jujitsu probably competitions here were, like, started around the 90s. And um, so, like, early 2000s, kids started getting into it more. Um, And then it, like, grew to what it is today. But, like, when I first started competing, like, there was no – I mean, there was maybe, like, three girls, other girls that competed besides me. And um, the tournaments, they – so, like, they would have you fight the girls – if there was girls there but if there wasn't girls there you're fighting boys which was probably like 98 percent of the time I was fighting boys um so yeah so um but like there's no like regions or states or anything it's just kind of like you're competing all the time if you want to travel you can um and then when you get older it's like that's when it starts like you can go to worlds or like stuff like that
2: yeah do you qualify I mean I know you're you're in Philly was the scene in Philly
0: good for you Um, Yeah, so I'm lucky because I'm in Philly, but like there's a big Jersey scene for jiu-jitsu and like Philly seems okay, but like the Jersey scene and New York scene for jiu-jitsu is really big. Um, So I was able to just cross right over a bridge in like 15 minutes and I was there at um, a a good school. Um, I've been to like five or six different schools over like the 14 years of me training. Um, But yeah, I'm just really fortunate that I was in a good area. And
2: how were you received? I mean you you were you were competing as you mentioned against predominantly boys because that's just who was in the sport were were people receptive to that? Were the boys receptive to that or did you hit did you hit any resistance in that you know early on even?
0: Um, so <clears throat> the it was kind of like a mixed bag so most of the time no one really cared. It was very accepted for girls. And like, I think it was probably more accepted than it is in wrestling, because I think wrestling is just like a very old sport um, where it's like very strength dominated. And jujitsu takes a lot of pride in technique over strength. I mean, don't get me wrong, you need strength and you need to be conditioned and stuff. But like the whole point of of jujitsu is for the smaller, weaker person to beat the bigger, stronger person. Like that's why it was invented. It's like all using leverage and and technique to outwork your opponent is essentially the whole part of the sport um so like when like girls came into the sport for like competing wise like I mean I'm sure some people would get like a little bitter like the like the dads would be like oh man that's tough you have to go against a girl but um and like the boys um I never had anyone actually like give me a hard time one time I had like a boy like get like a little too aggressive he was like dropping like his like forearm on my head like I had like a bruise like bruises on my head and stuff like that um like they would definitely be a little bit more rough sometimes I think to make a point but like yeah yeah. but like overall I was like I never faced someone that was like I'm not fighting her I'm not going against her everyone usually competed like everyone shook my hand after I never had any issues of being like accepted. Um, even when I was at my jujitsu gyms, the, uh, I was like the only girl and the only kid in like the male adult class. So like, I just grew up constantly around like all guys, all the time. Like every gym I went to, I was the only kid, only girl, only teen, only girl, only woman. And like, sometimes we'd get like a woman come in for like a couple months and then she'd be out. But, um. I was just very lucky that even like those guys were very accepting of me. Like they treated me like their little sister helped me um, were willing to like train with me at any time I wanted. it. Um, so I was just very fortunate that I was put into this situation and had very supportive people around me. Um, I know that's not the same for everyone. And um, I'm just super grateful that uh, for all those guys that were willing to train with me.
2: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And for people who are, not familiar with jiu-jitsu. Can you just give you gave a really great explanation about like the origins of it, which I didn't actually know. I mean, I kind of knew it was about leverage and um what what does it look like? Is it you know when people think of cage fights and when people think of MMA, they kind of think everything is fair game and people are like wailing on each other and you know all these things. But but Brazilian jiu jitsu is not quite like that, right? Like
0: Yeah. So um jujitsu, there's no punching or kicking or any kind of like striking at all. It's all um like takedowns, positioning, and then there's submissions. So submissions are like what you use to try to get your p- opponent to quit. So when your opponent taps, taps out, um that means like I give up, I quit, you win. Um so like your ultimate goal is to get someone to tap out before the time runs out. And then usually if it doesn't, you like either win by points or by ref decision. But um, your ultimate goal is to tap them out so that that could look like, um, chokes, hyper extension of limbs, um, and, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so it's no striking or anything like that. So I always like explain it, like, it's like wrestling, but you can submit people. So you can choke people out or <laughs> like try to break their arm. <laughs> and
2: just a personal curiosity question. When you are choked out, do you black out?
0: No, so usually you tap before the hand. Um, you have people that are, like, stubborn and, like, try to, like, uh, like hold out or, like, if they if they try to fight out of it and then, like, sometimes, like, people will, like, pass out. Um, so, and that's, like, a weird feeling, too. Like, I've never been, like, pa- like choked out, but um, I've had people pass out <laughs> from, like, yeah, and, like, their whole body just goes limp and it's, like, kind of scary for a second and then they, they wake right up. So most chokes just, like, It's just like cutting the blood off from your brain. So once you let go of the choke, it just goes right back on again, basically. Right, right.
2: (laughs) So so speaking, you you had sort of likened it to wrestling in a bit. And that is where you came into my uh, orbit when I was doing some background research, trying to find someone for this interview. You know, I, I discovered you through a story about your fight to wrestle on a team at Archbishop Ryan high in Philadelphia when you were 16, I think. Um, Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about that time? Like I'm assuming there wasn't any wrestling in your school before that point. And then the team just formed and you were like, Hey, cool. I'm going to be a wrestler.
0: Exactly. So um, they were like getting signups. Like I heard rumors like, Oh, they're going to get wrestling. And then they had signups outside of my lunch cafe. And I knew someone already told me that I wasn't going to be able to sign up because the other Catholic school that's in this area. So Philadelphia has a lot of Catholic high schools. Um, The other Catholic school in this area that's an all boys school had wrestling already. And if they got put up against a girl in a match, they automatically had a forfeit. So the archdiocese makes them forfeit no matter what. Like It could be like the state finals. And if a girl is in the championship with you in that state finals, the archdiocese makes you forfeit. you are not allowed to wrestle. So once I heard that, I'm like, oh, I'm definitely not going to be able to wrestle, but we're going to have some fun with this. <laughs> so I went up to the table and the coach like already, I think knew who I was. Cause he kind of gave me like a smirk and I'm like, I want to sign up. And he was like, uh, you can't. And I was like, why? And he said, because you're a girl like the archdiocese doesn't let girls wrestle I in my head I'm like why would you even like knowing today's age why would you even put it in a co-ed school if you're not gonna if you're not gonna assume that some girls are gonna try to sign up right so I'm like okay so I like went down to like the athletic director's office and he wasn't in that day so I texted my dad and I was like they're not letting me wrestle my dad is like are you kidding me why 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 so I'm like explaining it to him and then um, I don't know how the news got a hold of it, but they got a hold of this story. And um, this was like a couple of days after, because I I like went to the principal, um, and they're like, we, "There's nothing we can do. Like we could try to contact the archdiocese, maybe we could try to start a girls team." But like I knew there was no other girls that were gonna try, <laughs> try to sign up for kids uh, for wrestling, so. Um, I was like, all right, whatever. So we had like a few meetings with like uh, a representative from the archdiocese that like came down, and their basic statement. So before they, I saw like the guy from the archdiocese. The statement that they gave the news was <clears throat> that we like it was the most sexist thing I've ever heard. It was like we teach gender differences and um something along the lines of how intimate. It could be, and I'm like, intimate. I'm like, what? I'm like, the fact that you would even think that's like a twisted mind. Like, I don't do jujitsu and just like think of intimacy. Like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to win. So like, I was very insulted by that, especially as like a, a teenager who like grew up in this sport of jujitsu. I'm like, that's one disgusting that you're even thinking like that. And two, like, you're taking something from me. Like there's scholarship opportunities that I could get from this. Like there's experience that I could get from this and i'm not allowed to wrestle so um i had fun with the news though because i was on like a couple different news stations for this and then i was like on the front page of like the metro which is like a big thing in philly um so it was it was cool that i was able to uh get a little publicity from this
2: (laughs) that's super cool i so obviously they they didn't let you sign up but then you you went ahead and you created a change.org petition too because i saw that made the news like um what where did you get that idea and how did it did it was it fruitful at all?
0: So actually change.org. Um someone mentioned it to me and then I started like creating it and then they change.org actually like called me and was like, we think this is a great one. Like the ones that are like super like big, we think like that could be big, like, we help you like even more. So like they helped like write up everything for me and like put it up for me, um, which is really awesome and um not that they, that it did anything so like uh like we, i even like asked like the arch the archbishop to like w- watch my Jiu-Jitsu videos um like to show that i am capable of of wrestling um he watched and then them? i think he was just bitter uh, i don't know okay he i think he was just like super bitter cuz i didn't talk to, like get to talk to him personally um but i think he was just bitter that the news got involved and um, so he was just, like, vaccinated. So apparently in PA, what I, I think this was what I was told. In PA, they made a uh, a rule for Catholic high schools that girls can compete in football, wrestling, and I think there was, like, another sport. But according to Title IX, if you get any government funding, you have to follow, t- follow Title Nine. And I'm pretty sure they, like, my school got government funding through their uh, their cafeteria program. We never pushed the issue because I'm, like, just whatever. I'm, like, I do jiu-jitsu literally every single day anyway. It is what it is. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, like, it was, like, funny because then, like, I think, like, it was, like, maybe, like, a month later, a wrestler came up to me, one of the guys, and was, like, uh, so-and-so was practicing with a girl the other day before the meet so like we we pushed that issue like we thought like that Look, like, oh we caught you so you were practicing with a girl so what's what's the issue now still no still a no um but yeah so like again like I said I, I looking back I kind of wish I just pushed the issue any like more but um for me I was already doing jujitsu like competitively every single day so I'm like all right well whatever I do I already I already train every day is fine so um but yeah definitely I think if I were to redo it I would definitely push the issue more
2: yeah because the the petition got quite a few it got like tens of thousands of signatures right it got uh...
0: yeah yep yeah and then like it was a shame too because uh all the the boys like everyone in my high school knew like what I did already and um everyone all the kids were so supportive like there was like a hashtag on Twitter like let levy wrestle like um, all the, the guys would come up to me and they were like, we knew you would you would kick ass like we want you to be on this team. But, you know, so it was nice to um, feel like the community, like the students and stuff were very supportive. And then you would hear like little like things like, oh, this teacher said that you, he doesn't think you should wrestle or this teacher was very supportive or. And then I'd have teachers come up to me and be like, I'm not the same thing but I want you to be able to wrestle. (laughs) So that was cool too.
2: (laughs) That's awesome. Were you actually personally aware of title IX at that time? Like, were you thinking
0: it that way at all? No. So like, I heard about it, but like, no one really like explained it to me. And I, like I said, I wish I would have like, I wish I would have had someone like there to help me push the issue more. Cause like, I guess we could have got like a lawyer, but like, I don't know, like there's no direction of like how you go about like trying to be accepted into a sport for like a school, like, or like s- discrimination, I guess. you right. So like, there's no like step path for anything. So I was just like, all right, well, we got the publicity for it. And like, I guess this is just going to go nowhere now. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, again, it was like fun to push your buttons for sure. But
2: <laughs> yeah, I actually, I did a little digging on it and it, it was like, it's, and I'm, I'm interested to see if the, how this clause still plays out, because there is this clause in one of the many stories that was done on you in the time, there was some lawyer talking about, well, there's this clause 415 B three that separation by sex and physical education classes involving contact sports is permitted. Boxing, wrestling, rugby, ice hockey, football, basketball, and other sports, um, where there's bodily contact and members of, uh, the excluded sex must be allowed to try out for the team unless the sport involved is a contact sport. And there was that whole ah, okay. intimacy clause. And like, maybe we don't want the girls to get hurt. You know that uh, it's, it's interesting to me for this series because title nine actually kind of oddly worked against you in this
0: ah, okay. case. Yes. Yeah, you like, I didn't even know that. I didn't, I didn't even have any idea. Like the only thing I heard was that if the school got its government funding that they had to file a title nine but like again I didn't really know what title nine was at the yeah. time I just thought it was just like I thought title nine was more or less like for like for me right like saying like okay like yeah like you should be able to wrestle if they don't have the, the girls wrestling team you should be on the boys wrestling team
2: that was the um, idea
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so but yeah but you
2: so your ultimate goal like wrestling wrestling was really appealing to you because that's such a um a key art to having jiu-jitsu right
0: yeah so it definitely helps your jiu-jitsu because um jiu you're on the, you have to be on the ground to do jujitsu, and i mean yeah you just sit on your butt but like you get points if you get a takedown so there's some wrestling aspect in jujitsu. so i was doing it more or less thinking like oh my god this is going to help my jiu-jitsu so much um and eventually when I do MMA, it's going to help me with my MMA career. Um, so yeah. So like it definitely works in favor for both of those. And plus the scholarship opportunities, like they were, especially around that time is when they started like throwing scholarships at, at girls for wrestling, huh. like for colleges. Um, so like right now, like there's like a huge like explosion of girls wrestling right now. And um like the U S like Olympic team, like the girl the women on there are like insanely crazy. The generation coming up behind them are insanely gr- like great. Like it's like almost like a renaissance of like, like uh, women's wrestling of just the talent that's coming up is insane.
2: Oh, that's really cool. That's cool to hear. Yeah. I mean, your goal at the time, you know, in your in your change.org petition, you said your goal was to get that scholarship for wrestling and ultimately to be a professional mixed martial artist in the UFC. Yeah. Um, how did that journey go? I like I didn't see what happened after high school. Like, did you like what happened then?
0: Yeah. So um I kept competing. Um I am a professional MMA fighter, just not for the UFC. I'm a, I'm in a different organization. Um, and, um, I'm like ranked number six in the world for jiu-jitsu for my weight class. Um, and then I beat the number one girl in September, um, when I was like un- considered unranked, um, and that kind of put me in the rankings, which was cool because once I got into MMA more, like once I was 18 and able to fight, um, jitsu kind of took like a backseat for me. Cause I'm like, I wouldn't really want to pursue MMA. Like. I felt like I did everything I could in jujitsu and I was kind of just, now I just compete in jujitsu just to stay active and to get used to competing on like a higher stage so that when I go fight, it's kind of like that practice for MMA. Not that it's like, it's kind of similar, but again, it's, it's different. It's just like the experience of getting out there in front of a crowd and competing and like overcoming the nerves, like getting like that kind of experience out. Um, so yeah, so I fight for, a uh, organization called the PFL. Um, they're probably like the third or fourth top promotion you go fight for. Um, what does that stand for? <laughs> so, um, professional fight league. Okay. Um, and they are cool because they do something different than like other organizations. So they do seasons. So most promotions just fight all year round. Like you can, like every month there's a, a card, for this they do like a season from like like for half the year, and you you end up fighting for like a million dollars, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So you get paid per fight and then you fight for a million dollars at the end, which is really neat. Um and then jiu-jitsu I actually just broke my fibula in in a jiu-jitsu match in March. So I just got done getting surgery. So I had surgery in the beginning of April. Um and then I was like, kind of like non-weight bearing for a while. So like mentally I've been a little like low because I'm so used to like training, being active. Like I'm never home ever. Like I am usually out and about once I'm up in the morning, once I leave, I am gone for the rest of the day. Cause I go from one training session to the next training session, come home for to eat for like a second and then I'm, I'm gone again. Um, but yeah. So it's kind of forced me to, to rest a little bit,
2: <laughs> which is okay. It's okay. I know it's unnerving. <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. We've, all of us have been there. Yeah. Um, so, I
0: was agree. yeah. So, so
2: I'd like to dig in just a little bit. Cause I'm curious, do you, so is the PFL, are you, does that have striking and kicking? I mean, are you, is, is that very similar to MMA in that? Like, when did you start yeah, that? So that?
0: that is. Yep. So that's MMA. Okay. So that's punches, kicks, um, knees, uh, jiu-jitsu, the wrestling, ground and pound like, you name it, you're doing it in there, so.
2: And it, uh, it, are there a lot of women in that?
0: Yeah, so that promotion only has one weight class, okay. um, which is, like, basically considered, like, the heavyweights of women. Um, so it's 155, which you don't really see that d- division ever. I usually fight at 145. Um, because I walk like you know how like people cut weight, right? So uh, for a lot of people that don't know, like wrestlers, Jiu-Jitsu people, MMA people, fighters in general, you usually have like a walk around weight and then you usually have a weight cut to fight at a weight that you're you're fighting at. Um it's just it's stupid. <laughs> I hate it. I think it's so dumb. Um <laughs> and it's so it's like a lot of people do it very unhealthy. Um, so for me, I'm very lucky because I walk around naturally at 155, 160. Um, and they were the first promotion to like bigger promotion to reach out to me. So I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. I'll that's my walk around weight. That's nice. Like I could just do whatever I want, eat how I'm eating, train how I'm training and not have to worry about a weight cut. But before I used to cut down to 145, which was like 10 pounds, which would be like me. I'm lucky because it would it would fall off very easily. I would just have to clean up my diet. Like I just have to be very strict with what I'm eating. I don't have to like kill myself running or I don't have to like put on a sauna suit and cut 10 pounds of water weight which is what a lot of people do um so yeah so like what what people do will they'll usually cut like 10 some people cut like more than that but like it's usually 10 pounds of water weight and then they they fight like the next day after they weigh in um which doesn't feel good and I'm just very lucky that I get to fight my natural weight now and I'm like all right this is awesome because <laughs> I love food so it's so terrible to like have to co-weight to begin with um but I'm just lucky that I could do it correctly and get down to 145 when I do fight at 145 but right now I'm just good and I can eat whatever I want <laughs>
2: that's so great to hear I come from a long family of state champion wrestlers and the this the shit I've seen that they do yeah. to make weight is
0: I know. it's not good. Insane.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's yep. it's so unhealthy. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm super glad, super glad to hear that. And then you kind of glazed over this beat this world champion, like this big, this big fight that you had last September. But I mean the headlines that I saw, like Amanda Levy shocks the world, like upset of what, <laughs> you know, whatever. Like it was a big, it was a big deal. And I watched it and it was really exciting to watch. And to your point, like she is a bigger competitor, right? I mean, like, watching that fight, and she was, like, a nine-time Brazilian
0: Jiu-Jitsu world champion, I think. Yeah, she has, like, so many crazy, um, like, so many accomplishments in um, Jiu-Jitsu. So she's probably been beat only, like, I think three times um, in, like, her, like, 20-year Jiu-Jitsu career. And I actually got in a fight with her before we fought because she... So the problem with this, with jujitsu is that they only have like two weight classes for women for like, um, for then so Jiu Jitsu is, is, is broken down into two things. It's, it's gi and no gi. Okay. So no gi is like, your basically like basically spandex. Like you're competing in like leggings, shorts, a t-shirt, a rash card, like whatever you want. Street clothes, more what you'd say. And then. Gi is, like, where you wear that, like, karate uniform, per se. So, it's basically just, like, um, this, like, heavier coat and um, these pants that you can grab and you can use to, like, choke your opponent out, to control your opponent. So, no-gi, you can not grab their clothes. In gi, you can grab the clothes. Um, so, what I was competing in was no-gi. And in no-gi, they only have two weight classes for women. It's, like, 132 and below and 132 and up. Yeah. It's insane. It's so, again, stupid. And, like, most of us walk around at, like, 150s. I think the uh, the second heaviest girl was 180. And um, I'm like, I don't know why they don't have, like, a middleweight division. But whatever. And um, so, we're all around, like, 155, 160. Then she is walking around at, like, probably 270. And she's 6'2". So, we had like weigh-ins like the day before and not that we had a weigh-in because we are in like an unlimited weight class but like they asked us to be there for weigh-ins and she never comes to any weigh-ins because she doesn't want anyone to know her weight because she doesn't want people to know the weight advantage that she has on us like jiu like don't get me wrong right like jiu is for the smaller weaker person to be the bigger stronger person but when the stronger bigger person all she knows jiu then it becomes very even and ground and the the bigger person's most likely gonna win. So um, so she didn't weigh in and didn't come to like, came in like super arrogant, super late. And then there was like a press conference and I knew I was getting her first round. They didn't announce it like right away. So like what they did, they put us all on a table and they like announced it in front of us. And I already knew I was getting her because I was seated last to win. And she was seated first. So I'm like, oh, I'm getting her first. And which was cool because I wanted to go against her. I've seen many girls I've competed against go against her and they did okay. And I was like, okay, well, if they can do okay, then I could do okay. So I would love to see how I could do against her. And um, we ended up, sorry, it's my dog. (laughs) Um, (laughs) He sees something outside, but anyway, so they announced it and I like grabbed the microphone. They're like, okay, what do you think about your first matchup? I'm like, I just don't understand why she, we all had to weigh in and she didn't have to weigh in. Like, why are we all weighing in and she didn't have to weigh in? And she like grabbed the microphone and was like, when you win as much as I do, then you can talk. It's not in my contract. I'm like, bull crap is not in your contract. We all have the same contract. Like, it's not like a special contract for you. And um, she was like, don't be. And then she called me the P word. And yeah. And I'm like, well, what does that have to do with anything? I'm like, you won't weigh in. You're, you're the one that said the P word. <laughs> And, um, so I, it was just like a little bit back and forth and then, you know, they, they interviewed me after and interviewed her after and like her interview, she made herself look even more dumb. Like she's like, Oh, she has me first round tomorrow. She's going to be in for a rude awakening saying all this like stuff, like playing the bad guy role, I guess. And, um, then like the next day, like I put a clinic on her. Like, I didn't think, I didn't even think I was going to win that. You didn't.
2: I was wondering if you went into it thinking that because.
0: Yeah. So like. It, I didn't like tell myself I was going to lose but like I didn't tell myself I was going to win either and then like I but five minutes before I went out my dad texted me and was like you're going to shock the world
2: oh I just got goosebumps
0: and, yeah and um because like it was down in Texas so he wasn't there for it. it. was just me and my boyfriend and um so like I went out there and right away like once I like was like five minutes in I was like already like Breathing heavy because I' like, trying to move her around because she's so much bigger. You like, I'm thinking I'm gonna be way better conditioned than she was, which I was. But like, five minutes in, I'm like, my coach was like, Amanda, you're five minutes in. I'm like, I'm only five <laughs> minutes in. Like, oh my god! <laughs> How long is the match? So, fifteen minutes. So it went the whole fifteen minutes. um But like, I really like, like, it's not like I just won. Like, I'm not to toot my own horn or anything. But like, I like really won. Like, no question asked like I put a clinic on her like if you want to see a beautiful display of jujitsu, is like the perfect match to show someone and again I'm not trying to be like arrogant by any means but like that it was like textbook jujitsu, like a smaller person beating the bigger person and um I like was kind of in shock that I did it and like my whole like social media blew up after and then I became a little bit more known in the jiu-jitsu community so that was really cool um and they made like a little doc, little ten minute documentary about it, which was very cool. And it was just overall an awesome experience for sure.
2: Yeah, it. it I watched it, and it was, it was, it was. Clinic is a really good term for it. It was, yeah. it was so. And it, you know, it was interesting as I was watching it. One of the announcers said that wrestling was a big you know he felt like there was that wrestling component really came into play like your ability and that like well that's ironic because you know that's what yeah
0: (laughs) yeah so like luckily I always had people that were very like you're gonna wrestle today like the very push the whole wrestling aspect um even though I didn't get to to wrestle per se and um now I'm actually training in a place at North Jersey that's actually just like strict wrestling um, which is really cool because um, I'm training with like uh, one of the girls, her name is Skylar Grote, and she just won like the U.S. Open and she just won um, Pan Ams for the United States. So like I'm training with like one of the top girls for wrestling. So it just, it's cool that I'm able to actually train wrestling now. But going back, I wish I was able to wrestle for my high school, but <laughs> I'll take this now.
2: <laughs> That's so cool. Do you ever talk to any of those people that that didn't let you wrestle at the high school i mean have you ever had the chance to be like hey
0: no, no <laughs> i would send yeah, them no, a, I, I mean never, like,
2: i would send them a video of the fight i'm like hey yeah
0: cuz it wasn't even like i remember cuz i used to work in um during my free period i used to work in like the president's office like doing like stuff delivering notes with like a couple other kids and i remember like one of the first days i went there um the girl was like we're getting so many phone calls from people about how we should be letting you wrestle when it's not because it's not it wasn't my high school that wasn't letting me wrestle like my principal like he was like he has four girls he was like listen I want you to wrestle don't like (laughs) it's not me it's it's the archdiocese I'm like I know like so that's why they had like archdiocese come down and talk to us but like again that was just like useless because he wasn't budging on his point and my dad was like giving him all these different things like saying all these things and he'd just be like she can't do it. He's like, why'd you even call him if you're not here to negotiate with us? Like, I don't want any part of this then. Um, I, but I, and then like, I got out of classes for that. Like, to like talk to the, the representative or whatever. And then I would go back to my class and my teacher would be like, what'd they say? What'd they say? <laughs> <laughs> and I would like tell them what happened. But yeah, it was, it, it sucks. Um, I mean, I don't even know if girls are wrestling now for Catholic school or not. Um, I never even like followed up with it. I remember hearing like one story that a Catholic school girl, um, wrestled. And then, um, actually one of my friends, but this is in Jersey. One of my friends, uh, kid, she's in high school and she wrestled for, um, a Catholic high school. And I don't know if it was just because she's on a girl's team or it, I think that's, that's kind of like the gist of it. Like, I think there's like a girl's team for them. um, and I don't think she, she wrestles boys, but I'll still check that Yeah.
2: So it, so it sounds like the future is pretty bright though for yourself and for the women and girls coming up behind you, right? Like what is, yeah, for, what's next for you and what do you see as the scene, you know, going forward for women in this sport?
0: Um. So hopefully this heals up pretty quickly so that I could fight in September. So unfortunately I'm missing the season that's going on right now because of this but um, September I'm hoping to be back and um, hopefully I'll be able to get a fight on like one of their cards. So like, I, I won't be in this season per se, but like they have um, like fights before like their main fights, which is the, the, their main fights are like the people that are in the tournament for the million dollars. Um, so they'll, they'll let people come in and just fight just to, you know, make money get themselves like out there with the experience and everything. So hopefully I'll be fighting in September. Um, and then hopefully I'll be able to do some more jujitsu matches, like high level jujitsu matches. Um, and then the sports are super bright for women. Um, like when you go to tournaments now for jujitsu, there are so many little girls like running around so many girls, it's insane. Um, and they're also like talented. It's, it's crazy the talent pool right now for jujitsu and for wrestling. Um, I've got to like watch like, um, friends, the people that I used to train with, like their girls, like the one girl that I trained with or the one guy that I trained with. He was a black belt. His daughter won like New Jersey state for wrestling. But like when I first started jujitsu, um, when I came to their school, so I was already a couple years in, but she came up to me, she was like seven years old and she was like, I watch all your YouTube videos and stuff like that. So like, it's very like endearing to like have that experience and then see her like win States for Jersey. Um, And yeah, it's, it's good. Definitely gonna be a great future. And it's, uh, we're very lucky for jujitsu to be like jujitsu women because um, we get a lot of people that view our matches too. So it's not like when you go and watch like soccer or basketball, right? Like you don't get a big audience for like women's basketball as you do as like men's basketball. Right. So like jujitsu and MMA, you get just as many people tuning in for the women's fights as you would any of the guy fights. Um, so that's such a, a cool experience too, to be a part of a sport that's so inclusive and so supportive of women fighting. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's definitely a great sport.
2: Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. Did you, did you end yourself in a match or in practice?
0: Yeah. So I was actually in London competing against another high level girl um, and it was just like in the middle of the match. It was like the fluke, like this fluke thing, like a position I've been in like 5,000 times in my life and just the right pressure and right angle. And she like, kind of like put her weight forward and it just snapped. Yeah. And it was so loud. And I don't know why I had myself so convinced that I only tore a ligament. Like, I guess that was like the shock and adrenaline. And I'm like, like my boyfriend like picked me up, carried me onto the stretcher because they were gonna make me walk, which probably would have been terrible. Cause I probably would have like, I don't even know what if they had me walk on it. But um, so I'm on the stretcher and I was just like angry. I'm like arms folded, like <laughs> so mad. I'm like, I only tore a ligament. And they're like, uh, well, you have to go to the emergency room. I'm like, I'm not going to the emergency room. I'm like, you're crazy. I'm like, you're taping me up and I'm going home. Like you're not gonna do anything for me at a hospital for a ligament. And they're like, maybe you should call your parents because both my parents are nurses. And maybe you should call your parents and see if they want you to go to the ER. And I was like, fine. So like I called them. They're like, please just go to the ER. And I went to the ER. And as like I was waiting there for the X-ray, and I felt the pain coming. I'm like, oh, I definitely broke my leg. <laughs> and then we got the X-ray and everything, and it was broken. So now it's just like kind of waiting for it to heal and all that, all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well. I I'm glad that we were able to like use some of your time productively today, <laughs> you know, and I, like have a, com- have this conversation and thank you for being uh, part of this conversation and part of the leading edge of this, you know, like I said, you're, I'm a hundred percent sure that you are making such a difference in so many uh, women and girls lives behind you, like watching matches like that against Gabby, uh, Garcia is just really inspiring.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for having me too. This is is really great. It's a really great thing that you're doing.
2: Thank you. Yeah. Female hair loss is a topic few of us want to talk about, but it impacts nearly 30 million women. So we should. And that's why we appreciate that Bonafide's healthy hair and scalp product. Sylvessa is one of our show partners. With Solvesa, Bonafide designed the first comprehensive system designed to restore and protect hair and skin affected by estrogen decline from the inside and out. It consists of a three-part system containing a daily capsule, hair serum, and skin serum to be combined for healthier looking skin and hair. During a 12-week clinical study, Bonafide found that 92% of women saw improvement in hair volume, 82% saw improvement in hair thickness, and 67% saw improvement in scalp coverage. Over 8,300 uncompensated doctors in the U.S. recommend Bonafide's products. All of their products are prescription and hormone-free. And for listeners today, we want to give you 20% off your first purchase of Sylvesa and or any of Bonafide's products when you subscribe to any product. Just go to hellobonafide.com slash title9 and use the promo code TITLE9. That's HelloBonafide, B-O-N-A-F-I-D-E dot com slash Title nine and the code Title nine all caps, T-I-T-L-E, and the number 9 for 20% off at checkout. For the best prices and free shipping, go directly to the HelloBonafide.com slash Title nine website. That is their best offer anywhere, so check it out and use the promo code Title nine today. Active women need more protein. And if you're training hard, you need a lot more, like upwards of 100 grams a day, or even more. That can be a challenge to get through meals alone some days, so a good protein powder like Neurofi Plus from Prevenix can help. Neurofi Plus is a vegan-friendly protein powder that is low in sugar, high in essential branched chain amino acids, and contains probiotics and digestive enzymes, so it's easy to digest and doesn't cause the gassy feeling you can get with other protein powders. Nurify Plus is laboratory tested and contains no soy, gluten, dairy, preservatives, or artificial sweeteners. Listeners of this series can get 15% off their first time purchase by using the code TITLE9, that's all caps and the number nine, at checkout. Just go to Prevenex.com, P-R-E-B-I-N-E-X.com and use the code TITLE9 at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. If you don't like it, The company offers a 100% money-back guarantee on all of their products within 30 days, no questions asked. Again, use the code TITLE9 at checkout for 15% off your first-time purchase at Prevenex.com.
1: Well, Selena, I don't know if it's it's okay to congratulate someone on an awesome interview, but <laughs> that was amazing. Thank you for finding Amanda and for bringing her into this series because it was very refreshing to hear her voice.
2: Yeah, I really, I was, I was very, very happy. And I, I have to say like, it's a little inside baseball, but boy, I really stalked her every which way I could. <laughs> I sent her because I, we, we're not like, she, she's kind of blown up since she did that fight. Right. Uh-huh. So like she's got like Joe Rogan following her. Like she's got a lot of, fo- like she's got a lot of people in her Instagrams now. And I'm like, I'm yeah. just going to slide into those DMs and she's never going to notice me. But right. like, I, I slid in a couple of times. I hit her up on like, I don't even know YouTube. I just hit her up every way I could. Uh-huh. And I kept sort of like, hey, just, you know, and finally she's like, yo, I'd really like this opportunity. You know, she just doesn't look at her computer much. Right. So once I got her, she was totally into it. And I'm, and she was so great. So yeah, yeah it was she- totally worth it.
1: Yeah, I texted this that same friend who's into jujitsu. I was like, I think I'm a super fan of MMA now. <laughs> I <Like, laughs> literally like you might find me watching. And I mean that was watching which we will put in the show notes everyone who hasn't seen it should go and watch that fight but we like i think i might now be like in front of my computer watching mma fights.
2: <laughs> I yeah no i totally I, I have just such a new appreciation for it so mm-hmm. absolutely.
1: Yeah. So coming up next week we have my co-host from the if we are riding podcast mm-hmm. Sarah True who is also an Olympian. She came 4th in the Olympic Games, 4th in Kona um who actually Knows our guest personally too for next week, so it's kind of fun.
2: It is kind of fun. She talks to Joan Benoit, and Joan was the first. Well, women, what stuck out to me, women were not allowed to run events longer than 1500 meters until 1984 in the Olympic Games. And -hmm. then Joan came, won the thing in like two hours, 24 minutes, and 52 seconds, you know, like Mm -hmm. the first Olympic running of the marathon and she 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 closed the door on any discussion on whether women could.
1: (laughs) that is so (laughs) fast like that time would stand now to win a marathon you know it's insane yeah it's insane so yeah looking forward to hearing from joan next week
2: nine voices for title nine powered by inside tracker is a feisty media production
1: This episode was produced and edited by the amazing Amelia Perry.